Hi, welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the CMO Insight Series. I'm your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today as our guest, we have Ramon Ray, who is founder and editor of Smart Hustle Magazine. Ramon, welcome to the show. Hey Jeff, thanks for having me, man. It's good to be here as we're taping this. It's a hot, hot day, but I love the heat and all is well in my world and I hope with you as well. Thanks for having me. It, it is indeed. Uh, we're not quite up on our friends in New Jersey. I think they have a heat index of over 100 today, but yeah. you know, it's hot most, most days. But thank you so much for being on the program. Uh, Smart Hustle, great magazine. I know you speak a lot. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, why you started it and, and who you're trying to reach with the magazine. It's a great question. Every day I wonder why I started it. But in the context of that, I my first I started a few businesses, as you may know, and sold two of them and authored several books. Uh, the first company I had before that, which was I'm in the content world, and you are too in a way. This is your world, you know marketing well, uh, was small biz technology, which I sold. And uh, and prior to selling it, I was just tired, Jeff, of being the tech guy, you know, getting all the press releases. Hey, the printer, it prints at 21 pages a minute. Now it can do 22 pages a minute. Could you review it now? Ah, I'm, you know, there only can be one CNET or, or you know, TechCrunch or PC Magazine. So I was just kind of tired of that. And I really wanted to focus more on entrepreneurship, on small business owners, on how do you start and grow a business? Because that was that was the audience that was attracted to me. So hence creating Smart Hustle Media so I can have a vehicle to cover that. And that's what we do now. We cover uh, the story of entrepreneurship, articles, reviews, insights, uh, et cetera, and work with amazing brands to help uh, them reach smaller businesses. Well, and, and I love that you're doing that. And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, because you yourself, you're a successful entrepreneur. You write about other entrepreneurs. Tell me, though, a little bit about um, growing up and, and maybe for minorities and disadvantaged. Do they have some of the same opportunities uh, for entrepreneurship? And if not, what do you think are some of the things that maybe we can do? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a broad question. I think, listen, I was growing up. Uh, I grew up in the Midwest. I had a great life. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, and yes, I had access to things that everybody else had. So I think in that context of me, possibly and you, I don't know your background, but let's assume that. But I think if you're talking in the context of the conversation today, of course, as you know, Jeff, I know our history. There is a, a racial disparity, I think, in the world. But I think that on one hand, America is a place you work hard. Uh, you, you go on Google and do some searches. Go to your local library. Pretty much everybody can access everything. But I do think, yes, there are many communities that are, as we call them, disadvantaged, as it were, especially if you go to some of the very uh, urban settings of, of, of around the area. Um, uh, some, you know, the historically Detroit, other areas that are very uh, impoverished, maybe they have smaller banks and et cetera. It's tough. And I think the big thing of the day that's been talking about is, of course, these things of racial bias, implicit bias, things of that nature. We're all comfortable with with who we're around. If I grew up with green people, I'm going to call green people, play ball with green people, work with green people, hire green people, fire green people. Wait, blue people? Who's that? I don't know these blue people. So I think that's the world we're in. And I think the conversation we're having is that we all can wake up, open our eyes and be a bit uh, more aware and empathetic to our fellow humans. Um, and love everybody. I think that's what it is. So I think, yes, opportunities are tough. Yes, there are. Uh, and I think that the more we, you, people like you and I, Jeff, can do to reach out and expand the pie and make it easier for everybody, I think the world will be a better place. Did you have any positive role models growing up or a mentor? That, oh, that yeah, hundreds. Yeah, my father was one, father, mother, yeah, for sure. And today it's my mentor is uh, Seth Godin. Uh, as you may know, one of the famous marketers of the day, uh, Seth Godin, uh, his book, in fact, is right behind me, all about marketing. Uh, so that's one uh, mentor of mine today, you know, as far as marketing and, and business. Uh, Dave Ramsey, Entree Leadership, 
you may follow him. It's mm-hmm. a mentor is a big word. You know, nobody, I don't call them up and start crying on their shoulders. <laughs> but, <laughs> but a good book to pick up and read and kind of emulate as you're growing, as we're growing our businesses. Uh, so, yes, that that's for me uh, what's been pretty cool. So uh, my father's one of my mentors as well. Um, what is uh, some of the best lessons that you learned from him growing up? Yeah, I think the best lesson was implicit lessons. I mean, he was a very gruff and hard man. It could be the time he was in. I'm not saying every father in the 1970s, 60s, whatever time he would have been brought 50s, 40s was hard and gruff. But many of them were, I think. Maybe not. But, you know, so I think the biggest lesson I learned was to be nice to people. Uh, He was, you know, with me, he was a pretty gruff guy. But I think that he passed away and died many years ago uh, early at that time. But I think the biggest lesson I learned was uh, hard work. You know, and he was he was a gentleman. Everybody, Ramon, you're just like your dad. You hold the door for people. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that was probably the biggest lesson I learned from him. It's great. You say you grew up in the Midwest. I actually lived out there for a while. Where'd you where'd you grow up? It was Ohio in particular, yes, Ohio. All right. We were neighbors. I lived in Fort Wayne. Indiana. I knew there was something I liked about you, man. Yeah, there you go. Well, my parents were in sales uh, growing up. First they started off as teachers, but then they worked for World Book uh, Childcraft. I don't even know if they're around anymore. Does anybody own an encyclopedia? Uh, but yeah, yeah it's and I we think would they use it for probably a, a, a image on their Zoom calls or team calls. Probably they use it for. Yes, that's exactly. It's a it's a it's a, probably a relic. It's an artifact now that they hold it up like this in the antique. Um, but yeah, no, those, those are some good times, man. I remember they used to listen to uh, Zig Ziglar and Dennis Waitley in the yeah. car like, on their way to the sales, and I'd be in the back listening to all that, and they take me to their sales conferences. But yeah, it's good. Um, so, uh, and are you a mentor now for for uh, younger professionals? Oh, absolutely. I think, listen, anybody who owns a business as you and I do who's growing, you have to mentor others. We have that obligation. I can't speak for you, but I'm sure you've stepped on the shoulders of somebody else. So for sure, at the age of almost 50, not quite 50 yet, um, it's my obligation. I, I, I actively seek out to mentor uh, people. And mentorship doesn't have to be something formal, I don't think, either. For me, mentorship is, hey, listen, dude, can I give you a call? I'm hurting. I'm, I'm having a hard time. Um, you know, there was a point where I didn't know how to sell. I still need to learn. But I have younger guys calling me, Ramon, listen, I have a construction business. What did you say I do again? I have to attract people, educate them, ask for a smile before I ask for a sale? Wait a minute. What are you talking about? Say that again? I'm like, yeah, let me break it down for you. And don't forget to get the customer, wow the customer, things like that. So, yeah, me- mentoring, uh, I love it. And I think, again, mentoring is not complicated. There's mentoring with business. And sometimes, Jeff, as you may have experienced, it's just calling somebody to say, listen, I'm thinking about you. How's your family? How's your health? That's what mentorship is to a degree as well. It doesn't have to be a formal mentorship program. But I think mentorship is really just saying, I care about you. And how can I extend a hand to support you uh, in your journey? The same way, right? I want people to be there for me as I have. One of my friends is Yakov Yurinsky. Uh, he owns an IT company here in uh, New York area, Salesforce consultant. I've known him from when I used to work at the United Nations before I was fired. And I'd literally go in his office and cry, Yakov, I can't do it. He'd say, Ramon, you can do it. You can do it. So that's those are some mentors. So you definitely have a broad career there. United Nations also. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, but you're so you're someone though. Um, you clearly take initiative. You're a self-starter. You talk about googling and, and researching things. How do we reach people that don't know what to look for? I mean, if if people and 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 um, uh, citizens of this country have not been exposed to marketing or technology or sales, or they don't know what avenues are available, how can we help make them available? I mean, what are some of the things you think we can be doing? 
Yeah, it's tough. And I think there's two two sides of the question, I think, as we're talking about this. I think one side is there's things that keep people down. And that's a whole other conversation we can touch on. So we'll put that part of the equation aside. But talking about to reach people who don't know it, it's tough, Jeff. And I don't even know if I have a proper solution for that. Because, for example, I was just talking to my wife just yesterday as, as going to this word of mentorship in the broadest scale of the word. Number of people who I talk to talk to me. Let's say somebody calls Jeff. You call me Ramon. You call me Jeff and say, Ramon, I want to, um, I don't know, I want to grow my business uh, within this year. And I say, Jeff, great. Meet me at 4 a.m. every day or make it simpler, Jeff. Just call two customers a day. No, no, Ramon, I don't want to do that. Okay, Jeff, call one customer a day. No, I, I, I don't have a phone. Okay, Jeff, <laughs> here's a phone, man. <laughs> at some point, and I'm not saying this is the case. That's a question I had. What do you do also with those who, you know, you find it hard to coach, that's one. But then you have people who just don't know. And I think, listen, for me, I think I, I say God bless the nonprofits and organizations that we have in America, whether it's an organization like SCORE, right? They used to be called Service Corps Retired Executives, but this government entity that's there for free. When you have an idea to start your business, go to SCORE. Uh, you have ASBDC, um, SBDCs. And a number of nonprofits. I've done some work even with the Tory Birch Foundation. Their whole mission to is to empower female founders. So my point to you, Jeff, I think for those who don't know, if you're listening to this again, our audience, Jeff, your audience are B2B professionals. But if somebody's hearing this, I think, listen, if you want to start a business, it's doable. If you're a young professional, maybe hearing this more appropriate, Jeff, I'm thinking, who's be just beginning in your career, you're saying, how do I grow? It's listening to shows like this, listening to guys like Jeff. And so I think, Jeff, the thing we can do to help those who don't know Jeff, I would say volunteering our time and how can we do more to empower, especially the nonprofits that are on the front line of trying to educate and give a better life to those that may not have it. I think that's great advice. I mean, I think well, certainly from being an entrepreneur, you have to have an inherent appetite for risk yeah. because nothing is proven, nothing is certain. There are no guarantees of any kind. Only you know you're going to go give it your best shot. Uh, and if you're not willing to do that, you probably shouldn't be getting into any kind of business for yourself. Um, I think passion has always been very important. I think yes. maybe sometimes people start businesses for practical reasons, but maybe they're not passionate about it. So when times get tough, as they often do, you, you drop it because it's not something to really, really care about. Not something that you like. It's, it's like a child, isn't it? Your yes. business is like a child. Yes, and I think tied to that passion, Jeff, I would add, I think and tied to the passion is the aspect. And again, another thing I was talking to my wife about is to be able to appreciate, not that you're going to love it, but to appreciate the hard part of business. I think that's another thing, Jeff, that's important because a lot of people, especially those new to entrepreneurship, you and I have been doing this for a while, they think, oh, great, I love woodworking. This is not wood, but walk with me here. I, I love carving and woodworking. you got to love invoicing, too. You gotta love hitting that. Bag. You know what I'm saying, Jeff? You gotta love packaging and then waiting in line at the post office to ship the darn thing. You get the silly example. So what I'm trying to say is that passion for what you do. But listen, is it easy to take a call or do customer support or follow up or do sales or hire or fire? No. It's so to say you love it as a stretch, but you appreciate that's part of business. Kind of like exercise. I tell people, listen, everybody wants to be a six pack. Everybody wants to have more shape. But do we, I have a hard time with it. Do we want to go and in the hot sun and go to the gym? No, rarely do we want to do that. Nothing comes without hard work. That's for that's sure. Right. I remember uh, years ago, I owned a Subway sandwich shop. And uh, 
every year in the summer, the dumpster outside would just get disgusting all the time, right? right? The, the garbage bags break and everything. And so I could not get any of my employees to get into the dumpster and scrub it out. So inevitably, I would have to do this once a year just to show them that yeah, I wasn't above anything. And it was absolutely probably one of the most disgusting things I've ever done. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you, and I wouldn't say I was passionate about it, but it did need to get done. And so the work needs to get done. And sometimes there isn't someone that you could delegate it to. You just you just have to do it. But you do it because it's part of the whole the ecosystem of doing it. I did my so dumpster work today as we're taping this, uh, Jeff. I uh, sat down and did a 50 or so post, a social post for a project I'm doing. That was my dumpster. I think it was a little nicer than what you had to do, but me copying and pasting 50 times, I, I had to do that today. <laughs> I could have had somebody else, but I'm like, I'll take care of it today. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, the, the invoicing part, though, I get that's the fun part. Paying the bills part, yes. never so much. <laughs> and my hand cramps, you know, you don't want to actually have to do that part. But yeah, so um, you mentioned a couple different points of adversity. You mentioned the United Nations. Um, you know, since your time of owning and running Smart Hustle, uh, has there been some specific adversity you faced along the way and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I think, listen, I think business, Jeff, there is always adversity. I think that is part of business. Gary Vaynerchuk says it best, I think. Love being punched, punched, punched in the face. And you just have to get back up again. So I think that I must say, when I think about uh, modern times, has my business ever burned down? Have I gone through a nasty divorce? You know, have I ever had somebody embezzle a million dollars from me? No. But I've been, me personally, Jeff, I've been a pretty blessed guy. But yes, I can speak for friends of mine talking about adversity. Listen, I know a friend of mine, her name is... Uh, uh, well, I'll leave her name out, but listen, her business burned to the ground just a few years ago, and then COVID happened, and she has a uh, art business. So, I mean, listen, I think part of business uh, is, is part of business is is getting ready for the adversity. Not that we want it, but I think being prepared for it. And I think that'd be my message to any business owners, entrepreneurs. And again, you work with very large brands, so their mitigation of risk, I think, is going to be a bit different than we very smaller businesses. But I think adversity is part of it. And I guess my hope, Jim, is that uh, Jeff is that our businesses get to the point of business where every day that we're successful, we're able to mitigate, 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 mitigate. And and as you know, in, you read any Jim Collins or anything like that, that our businesses can grow to be a um, uh, a flywheel where it's a repeat, repeat and rinse, repeat and rinse. So sure, has business been easy for me? Nah, you know it hasn't been at all. But uh, but again, that that's that's business, right? Uh, IRS audits. Uh, you think the employee you hired is going to work out well? They don't. Um, you think, you know what? Let's invest fifty thousand, twenty-five thousand in this new project. It'll it'll return four times, ten times. It doesn't. That's business. <laughs> that is. Well, I you know, and I because we all do read a lot of business books and we go to our networking groups, but in a lot of ways, it's kind of like your child. There's just no handbook to prepare you for the day in day out. Like, you know, cause I remember with our, our oldest daughter when they wheeled her in and then they're like, here you go with my wife and I get figure it out. You're like, wait, you're not going to stay. Yeah. Uh, instruction manual. I can for the manual. <laughs> How does she and, know? And so life is like that in a lot of ways. I mean, you can, and yes, I agree. You do need to be prepared and you can study and you can learn lessons, but there's then the situation and then you just have to deal with it in the moment. And and it's not like you can call up your mentor, but like, so I have this emergency situation that you just have to, yeah, I just have to deal with it. Right. So I think you have to learn how to roll with it and flexible and then experience this is the best teacher, I guess. Right. As we, we learn from adversity. Uh, Mike Tyson is known as saying it best as it were, Jeff, uh, everybody has a plan until you get hit in the face or until you step into the yes. ring. 
So I think <laughs> I think that yes, uh, there's adversity, uh, challenges all the time in business, and I think that it's a matter of how can I step up, get over it, and move on. Um, do I have to get a lawyer sometimes? Not me personally, but maybe you have to. Do you have to fold up, fold your cards as it were, and do something different? Maybe you have to. Do you have to cry on Jeff's or my shoulder <laughs> a little bit and wipe your nose and move on? Yeah, you may have to. Um, but I think we have to move forward no matter what. Uh, I think those are good sage words there. So I noticed that you did bring a guest with you today, uh, sitting off your left shoulder. So tell us a little bit about Ernie. Sure. Well, listen, Jeff, I uh, love to do uh, puppet shows for children in uh, developing countries. And I'm not going to do a full one now, but I like puppets. I think they're a great way to talk to kids. And I'm not a ventriloquist or anything like that. But, you know, when you have a bear, you're here and the kids can't see it. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Thank you so much for helping big, 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 big companies transition how they sell to their customers with Jeff. So that's already in. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing very well today. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks for having Ramon. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I love that you put it all out there like that. That's uh, Absolutely. I can say in all the time of doing this program, but you're the first person that's come on that's done a puppet show. So thank you. Very, very honored for that. You're welcome. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> so uh, what's next for Smart Hustle? What do you got going on next year? Yeah, I think for me, Jeff, I'm, you know, there's different phases of business growth, depending on who you ask, which business leader. But, you know, I'm past the stage of being very tiny, like just a startup figuring it out, like tiny, tiny, past the stage of just um, getting in revenue and surviving. I think for me, Jeff, what I'm and I'm much smaller business than you are, but for me, I'm looking there to get that repeatable revenue, scalable revenue, seeing who I should shift and where I'm going. So I think right now we want to go to probably more events, more online events. We already do them, but more and more, um, more sequenced um, online events. Um, that's, I think, the next big thing for us. Uh, probably build our community. The Smart Hustle Nation community will be coming. I have a large community of small businesses that follow me, but they're not, they're not a community. Our bread and butter has been producing content for brands, but it's time to up-level that. So that's what I'm looking forward to do. And I must say, don't tell anybody, Jeff, this is just between me and you. I'm getting comfortable sitting in this seat, doing video calls like this. Maybe I'll miss a stage. I, I haven't had it in so long, but in a way, somebody's paying me to go speak to their audience, whether here or on stage, like in person, I'm fine. Not a bad gig, right? Not a bad gig at all. <laughs> Exactly. Well, that's not, sometimes some of those perks could be nice, you know, like the, the, some of those hotels and all. Yes. Like, yeah, I, I, I do I, miss yeah. too. Yeah, the hotel, the flight, the plane taking off. But I guess it's kind of down now because the, the virus, you know, masks, no mask, spraying. You have to wave your hand to use the bathroom. I heard it's not going to be flying in hotels like it has been. So I know pretty soon I think we're all going to be in those big bubble balls. You know, we'll just kind of like run around <laughs> and Absolutely. so we can socialize, but you know, you're inside the ball. So, right. so um, if anybody wants to reach you, uh, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Thank you so much, Jeff. Listen, I love working with any of your customers or brands who are looking to uh, have somebody host an event, MC an event. Maybe you and I can do something together, but uh, RamonRay.com, R-A-M-O-N-R-A-Y or SmartHustle.com. Happy to serve anybody I can. And Jeff, thanks for shining the light. Thanks for being bold uh, to talk about some of the things we've talked about today. Shine light on new faces. So kudos to you and your team for doing that. Oh, thanks, Ramon. Thank you so much for being a guest on our program and uh, for setting the bar high now. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to audition future guests on their on their entertainment capabilities, right? Whether or not they can. <laughs> you know. So, uh, thanks a lot. Keep hustling.